told me, and I didn't. So it's not. I didn't call you. So Hashem comes the second time to Shmuel, and once again Shmuel hears his voice being called, his name being called. He hears the advice of Eli, so he goes to Eli a second time. And uh, even though the first time the Pasuk says he ran to Eli, the second time he walked to Eli. The Pasuk says Vayara to Eli, he ran. In Pasuk Vav, when it happened the second time, it says Vayakum Shul Vayalech Eli. In other words, it didn't make sense to him that Eli would call him, and then when he went to him, he said, I didn't call him, and call him again. So he's a little bit less sure of what happened. But nevertheless, he still says, I'm here, you called me. And the second time again, Eli tells him, I didn't call you. And therefore the Pasuk says, the Pasuk Zayin, the Shmuel Terem Yadis Hashem, the Terem Yadis Hashem, Shmuel had never had the verb before, and therefore he didn't realize that what was what was in the book. Now, this is something we need to understand. Because normally we don't find that Nebuah comes to a person without preparation for Nebuah. In other words, the Navi who was on the level has to prepare himself, has to retire himself, <coughs> uh, has to ready himself to become a Navi. And over here it seems that Shmuel didn't have to do anything special. On the contrary, he didn't even realize that this was Nebuah. And therefore we have to say that there was something unique about Shmuel, that he had gotten to a level that he was right for Nebuah, and therefore he didn't have to kind of get ready himself specially for the experience. And... Uh, once again, the the way Hashem appeared to him, it wasn't an overpowering feeling of uh, fear that some of the other Nevim speak about having, or the sense of being transported to a different uh, spiritual realm, like some of the Nevim described. It was in a way that a person would hear someone else speak, and he thought it was only speaking to him, even though it was really the, the voice of Nevo. It's something unique about Shmuel, which we find only by Moshe Rabbeinu, but it says also about Moshe, that Hashem spoke to him, which means uh, uh, she would, uh, would hear Hashem speaking without all the fear, without all the uh, surrounding uh, kilo ex- experience that the other Nevi'im described. And then again, what's the reason for that? So the answer is how much a person has to be uplifted from his natural state, if you can call it that, to be given the book. And if a person isn't holding by the state of being on the spiritual level of the book, then there's the experience of bringing him to that stage which uh, then he is then able to receive Nebo. Either he has to bring himself there, or it has to be brought there, and that's a, a fear feeling of being transported, so to speak, to, to a different level, in order to entitle him, to the, enable him to receive Nebo. Whereas Moshe, who was on the level of Nebo always, so he didn't have to be so brought to the stage of being able to experience Nebo, he was already on that level, he was living on that level. And uh, if that's the case, then we see Bashmul Navi. The same idea. The fact that he heard Nebuah as someone would speak to him without the awe-inspiring, like a powerful experience of being transported to a different realm, Kenira was means he was on the level that he was Zaycha to be a Navi. And then again, we, we must realize that Shmuel was the first of what we call the fair of the Levi. And uh, if he's compared in some sense to Moshe and Aaron, then Shmuel was also the greatest of the Levi. And therefore, in some way, Shmuel was on a level above the other Nebim. He was zeichet to this level of of Hashchino or of hearing Hashem speak. Now, why did Hashem appear to him in a way that Eli would th- that he would think it's Eli and he would go to Eli uh, to to uh, to kind of present himself? And did it sound like Eli? Yes, it says in the Chazal, Hashem spoke to him in the voice when he said it. He thought it was the voice of Eli. 
Why would Hashem do that? So the Arm Farshim explained that Shmuel shouldn't be overwhelmed by the experience. And therefore, to be, the voice he would hear, the voice he would recognize, wouldn't come to him uh, in a way which was uh, something which was overpowering. Which again, it's a bit hard to understand. If you say Shmuel's on the level of a Novi, it was already on that spiritual level. But there's another interesting point as well. And that is the word that Hashem is going to give Shmuel. The question is, was it the word which was meant to be publicized or not? Because as you're going to see, Shmuel didn't want to tell Ali the Nubu. He didn't. He didn't want to tell Ali the Nubu he got because it was describing the punishment of the family of Ali Mutafa. And uh, therefore, if Ali hadn't known about it, it seems that Shmuel wouldn't have wanted to tell him on his own. If that's the case, the fact that Ali realized that it must be, it's not me calling uh, Shmuel rather some kind of Nubu, means the next thing he was going to ask him, what did Hashem say? And there will be the way to make sure Ali would hear the Nubu. But we still have to explain this because the obvious question on that is if a Navi is obligated to transmit the message that Hashem gives him to transmit, so then why would it be that Hashem would give Shmuel a message without, without uh, the instruction to try convey it to Ali? And if Hashem did give him such an instruction, then why, why would Shmuel be scared not to do it? Okay, so we'll talk about this by Hashem when you get to the passage which describes. Um, Shmuel's reluctance to try to the message. But as he knew that he hadn't spoken to Shmuel, and it didn't make sense that Shmuel would keep thinking that someone spoke to him nothing, no one had spoken to him. So he understood it must be that he's being spoken to, but it's from Hashem speaking to him. And he tells him to go back to the night down where he was before. It's as if it happens again that he hears someone calling you, you understand, this is Hashem speaking to you. So tell Hashem you, you listen to what he has to say. Okay, so Shmuel goes to the night down again. The question was, why did it, if someone's going to get the book, why don't you lie down? Why would that be the the way to be ready to receive the book? So the understanding is that he didn't say which means go to sleep. He meant lie down, because like we saw, a lot of the Nabim, the experience of Nabu, they were only able to receive lying down, uh, because they went because this Maila, where Rabbi is able to accept the book when he's still standing. Uh, just for example, to Ramavino. Before the breast, when he heard Hashem speak, he fell on his face. In other words, it was too, the experience in the verb was the person wasn't able to remain standing. Or by Bilam, since there's no fell, he fell when he heard the. Whereas the women of him who were on the level, they're able to get Hashem standing up. Now, obviously, Ali didn't know which level of the bush we would be on, so I'm to lie down. That would be the way that the Navi would receive the verb. And then he says, Speak Hashem because the Shemayah of the Achas. And Shmuel went, Vayesh and Kremi, he lay on the same place before. Hashem Hashem came again for the fourth time, and he calls him again Shmuel Shmuel. So Shmuel says, Please speak because your servant listens. Now, the, the, there's two interesting, say three interesting points in this passage. The first one is, the part, the, it doesn't just say that Hashem called him, it says, Hashem. Hashem came. Um, in other words, the other times Hashem didn't come. I just heard Hashem's voice. Yeah, and he thought it was Ali's voice. 
but Hashem uh, appeared to him or spoke to him in a voice he recognized. But this time it was more than that. It wasn't just uh, that Hashem called him, Hashem appeared to him. But by his Yatsav, the Mephashim explained his notion of uh, he, he, Hashem showed him something. He was able to perceive the, the, the fact that he was standing in front of Hashem or lying in front of Hashem. That's the way that the Radak explains it. Um, and why was it necessary? So the answer is because the first times Shmuel thought it was Eli. And that's the case. If Hashem was letting Shmuel think that calling him in Eli's verse, then think it's Eli. So of course Hashem is not going to appear to him. Because that's the case. And you can see it's not Eli. It's only now when he realizes this is the verse that there's nothing to Hashem, for Hashem to gain by not appearing to him. And that's why this time Hashem appears to him as well. So he's aware that this is the verse. Now, the other point is Hashem, Eli says, and says, Daber Hashem. And when Shmuel speaks, he only says, Daber. And already Rashi asked the question. And the Radak as well, and Abba Farshim, and they say the same idea. And that is, Shmuel was doubtful it was Hashem speaking to him or not. So even though Eli didn't tell him to say this, but he wasn't going to say Hashem Shemayim for nothing. And therefore, um, he said, he said, Daber Kishmael Dechot. He didn't feel it was appropriate to say Hashem's name. That's how Rashi explains. But that's a bit difficult, what we said before. <coughs> Because if we just say that by Yavoyashem by Yatsev, which means he was shown a Mary Nebuah, so he made it and he knew this was Nebuah. It wasn't just he heard the voice that he heard the times before and he was Masubic, maybe it's somebody else. He knew it was Nebuah. But we can still explain what Mephoshim was saying, and that is, we didn't know where the Nebuah was coming from. There's also the concept of Nebuah when a Malach speaks to a person. Hashem says a Malach to give a person a message. That's also a level of Nebuah. And therefore, maybe this wasn't Eliyahu, this was a Malach. And therefore, even though he had a Mary that says Nebuah, but he didn't realize there was Hashem himself speaking to him, so to speak, because, like the Fajr explained, there are different levels of Nevi'im. There's some Nevi'im who are zeichot to hear Hashem speak, and there's some Nevi'im who only was zeichot to hear Malachim speak. They were given messages via a Malach. We know that Shmuel was on a very high level, and he heard Hashem himself, but he, he, he himself wasn't aware of this at the stage, and therefore he didn't want to say, Daber Hashem, he just said, Daber, and if it would be Hashem or a Malach, he would understand this was a message of Nevi'im. How old is Shmuel? He was still young. We don't know exactly how old he was, but he was still young at this stage. Now, Why does it say it's Shmuel, Shmuel? Oh, now the last point, which uh, went to Daif, is it says Shmuel, Shmuel. And if you see in the, in the text, there's like a, a, a line between the two Shmuels. It's a Shmuel, and then there's a drop symbol like the line, uh, and then the other Shmuel. Now, what they're doing there, and why did Hashem say Shmuel twice? So the rule is, in all the times, and there aren't so many, the times when Hashem repeats a person's name twice. There's a famous Zahra about this. And Zahra says that you find it four times. You find it by Avram, Avram, by the Akkad, you find it by Yaakov, Yaakov, you find Shmuel, Shmuel, and you find Moshe, Moshe. And it's not Hashem talking to him. The, the positive is, Eilat told us, Noach, Noach is Tadik. There wasn't Hashem addressing him, Noach, Noach. Now what does it mean? Why would Hashem say a person's name twice? The person heard him very well the first time. So, and the other thing that Zara points out is that by all three examples of Avram, Yaakov, and Shmuel, there's this psik in the middle of the two. But when you call it Moshe, so then there's no psik in the middle. At what point does it call Moshe twice? In the, the, when you heard about the bush. And the Jews heard it from the burning from the snare. So you call Moshe, Moshe. And where's Yaakov? This time it comes by Avram, Avram. The rash is very of face. What's the good idea? After the Akedah, it says Abram, Abram, twice called him Abram, and you see also there's the line in between. There's a tick, Abram, Abram, with the line in between. 
That's the first time we find it. It's in Parashat Sayyigash. In Parashat Mem Vav, Pasuk Beis. Vayamir Lekim in Yisrael Bamaris Alayna. Vayamir Yaakov Yaakov, Vayamir Inayn. And again, Yaakov Yaakov, you have with the second between them. Yeah. And this was just before Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim. That's the second time. Parashat Shmois, Parashat Talad. I'm sorry, Parashat Gimel, Pasuk Talad. When Vayar Hashem Kisar Lirais, Vayikar Lava Lekim Itay Chasneh, Vayamir Moishe Moishe, Vayamir Inayn. We quote Moshe, Moshe, there's no line in between it. And the last time we have it in the Nechazi of Hashem. Hashem calls him Shmuel, Shmuel, and again with the line in between. So the Zayar asks, what's the first thing, what's the significance of repeating someone's name twice? And why by Avram, Yaakov, Shmuel, does it have the line in between and not by Moshe? So the Zayar answers in one line, but let me be back a little bit to explain the insight. Uh, it's something very powerful. Very powerful. And that is, when HaKadosh Baruch creates a person, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu has in mind the plan of what this person is able to achieve. That's, that's uh, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's intention, hope for this person, that this is what they're able to achieve, this is their mission in this world, and this is what they can become. A person is sent down to this world, and a person starts to work. And uh, most people fall far short of what Hashem expected them to be. Now they might achieve it, they might do well, but it's nowhere near what Hashem thought they could become. It's, uh, they haven't reached, so to speak, what Hashem wanted, wanted from them. The idea of Hashem calling a person by their name twice is saying to them that, that what you are, where I'm calling you, what you are, matches what you are in Shemayim. And therefore, after the Akedah, where Avram achieves his greatness, that was Avram's, the zenith of Avram's of his greatness, we call him Avram, Avram. Which means, Avram, you've become the Avram I expected. And therefore, the Avram that you are matches the, the picture of Avram Avinu, what you are meant to become. So many by Yaakov, when he went down to the shrine, it was after he overcome all his nishanas in life, including the Nisayin of Yosef, and now Yosef was alive again. So Hashem calls him Yaakov, Yaakov. Which means, what I wanted Yaakov to be, you've become. The Yaakov here matches the Yaakov I intended in Shemai. And the same thing by Moshe Rabbeinu. Remember, Moshe got his mission at the snake, already 80 years old. And Hashem is choosing the leader of Kaisra, says, Moshe, you've become what I expected Moshe to be. And even though Shmuel was much younger than everybody else at this stage, but like we said, there was this, we don't realize the greatness of Shmuel. That's why you've got Nebu on such a high level. It's in Shmuel, Shmuel. You've become exactly what I wanted you to become. Interesting that Moshe and Shmuel were both at the beginning of their career. Very interesting question. Moshe Rebbein was at the beginning of his career as a leader, but that was already when he had achieved the level that he was right to be the leader of Israel. He had worked on himself for 80 years. So at that, what Hashem wanted him to achieve as an individual, he was obviously ready for that. Now, therefore, he deserved to be a leader of Gadol. Right, right. Like I said about Gadol, that before Hashem chose him to be a Gadol, they've already worked to a level that they've achieved what they can achieve for themselves. Now. That means that they fulfilled their individual tafkid. Yeah, as far as what Hashem wanted them to work on themselves, and now he gave them a new tafkid of looking up to Gadol. Now, that's the first point. What's the lashon of this? What does the Zayar say? What's the lesson of uh, the Zayar, what's the, skip the next part, because that's what the Zayar is interested in. So why about the three of them? Is there a psik? About Moshe there isn't. So the Zayar says, because by the other three, Avram, Yaakov, and Shmuel, there was still a, a, a mechitza between what they were in this world and, they were in, and what Hashem wanted in the next world, because there the, 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 the was a the level of people. And therefore, there was, by definition of being a person, so, of course, Hashem said, Avram, Avram, you like the Avram intended in Shemayim, but there's a gap. 
Because here you're still bound by being a person and then Shemaim. Obviously, the wrong venus without that limitation of being physical. Whereas by Moshe, Moshe is a land and sick. Moshe Nazar, because Moshe got to Aspatayama era, which means there was no gap, there was no barrier. What Moshe would be in Shemaim was if Moshe was here, there was no barrier between him and the Rukhni Moshe of Ayn Rashim wanted him to be. So therefore, Hashem said without the Pesach in between. That's what Zara says. That Moshe's Darga was Oila and the others because since he got to a higher level, that there was no barrier between him Kilo, and what he was in this world, and which was meant to Hashem's intention from Shemaim. So there's no, it doesn't matter Pesach. Moshe and the others, they got to the level with the Pesach. They got to the level with as much as a person can achieve to be similar to Hashem wants a person to be, they were. It was still the fact that they were humans, and they were still there, they were bound by the limitation of being people. Either way around, that's a tremendous compliment. Hashem, that's why I understand, Hashem repeats a person's name twice, and like I said, specifically by Shmuel, because this was when he was still very young. And already Hashem calls him Shmuel, Shmuel. And again, it wasn't just according, that every time before him, he just called him once Shmuel. And he listens. Here it was, uh, now that he runs his nervous, Akhadish Baruch was complimenting him. Akhadish Baruch was showing him his left. Okay, so that was the introduction to Shmuel becoming a Navi. But uh, it says Vayavol. Then what the message of Shmuel is. Vayem Eshem and Shmuel. Possibly that. Anoichi Oyesid Dabbi Yisrael. I'm going to do something in Kala Yisrael. Asher Kol Shaymoy. Aaron, he hears what I'm going to do. Tetzileno Shtay Oznot. Um, his reels, are, his ears, according to the way Rashi explains it, his ears are going to ring, and just, which means if it's like from shock. In other words, uh, when a person hears the thing, uh, he can't live with equanimity after it. It's something which will will, will remain figuratively ringing in his ears. And that is, he doesn't say what he's going to do. But he says, I'm going to do something that will cause everybody to to, to go into shock. And it's interesting. Hashem doesn't tell him what it is. But, but it says, when I do that, when I do that, then I'm going to put into motion what I've said I'm going to do to the family of Eli from beginning to end. In other words, Shmuel was told that something is going to happen, and when that happens, that will be the sign that Hashem is going to start the punishment of Beis Eli. And it's interesting, he wasn't told what that something is. He wasn't told what that something is. And we have to ask ourselves the question, why not? What's the point of, of scaring Shmuel with the Nevoah that he himself doesn't know what the Nevoah is going to be? Just something terrible is going to happen. And therefore, I've told him that I will judge his family forever. Like we said, that Hashem wasn't going to destroy the family of Eli. Hashem was going to leave them in a state of their being punished. This is talking to Eli personally, and that is a very that he had, because he knew what his sons were doing wrong, or explain exactly the words in the moment, but with a very that he knew what his sons were doing, he didn't do enough to stop him. Lashon Kehoh is an unusual Lashon. It sometimes means darkness, Sometimes means like something which is uh, like Mars's kid, uh, which is like something which is um, like uns- is uncertain about. We either one we find the expression, and therefore it's saying that only didn't he do anything like strong to stop them, but he didn't even uh, do enough to show that he was unhappy with them, or like uh, make them a slip of what they were doing. You know, he didn't prevent them in any way. Now, what's the lesson? Can kind of them 
Um, so there are those who say that, like Rashi says, and some other versions say, and that is that Hashem didn't want to say that they're Makadil meat. He calls them Yechidil Hashem. So he writes them Makadil Rahim. But really, what the possible shows said Li instead of Rahim, which means that his children are cursing meat, which means not directly, but they're causing people to curse Hashem. In order to make Yechidil Hashem. So that is explaining the notion, uh, not Makadil, but Makilim. Which means the notion of the, the, they're causing something like a bizarre, uh, lessening the cover of the Western Megdash. And it also says, which is exactly what Eddie said at the very beginning. And that is that he heard the people talking about how bad his sons are. And he says, well, the, the room I'm hearing about is not good. And therefore, he heard what Christ was saying about his sons, he didn't do enough to stop it. And therefore, I'm going to punish Eddie. That's for Eddie himself. Now, as far as Eddie's family goes, if the Avera of Bes Eddie will ever be forgiven with Karbanas. And here we see the Shur. And like we said before, sometimes the Kodesh Baruch gives a threat, but the threat isn't meant to be carried out. It's meant to be understood as, if you don't do Shur, then you're being warned. And if you do Shur, that's okay. When the Kodesh Baruch makes a Shur, then there's no retracting that. Which means this is final. It's final and it's going to happen. But, like the Gemara is already perish, and that is, it doesn't say, Miskaper Abin Bes Eli Adoylam. It says, Miskaper Abin Bes Eli, Zevach of Amenchadoylam. Which means the Shvur was that Eli's family will never get Kapara through Korbanis. Eli's family will never get Kapara through Korbanis. Why? So, this is a Mahalach in we find Din Shemai. And that is, that something which a person used as a way to do an Avera in an Enkategor and as a Saneva. Something which was used for the Avera can't turn around and be used as a defense. So just like we said, if you don't use gold, and the big they find gold in the Kippur because there's Maskir Ovin. We're going with gold and Sakosha Kadashim is reminds us of the Eagle. And therefore we can't use gold, so to speak, as a way to, to get Kapara. I think gold could get Kapara. When the Kohen Gadol normally walked around with the tit, the tit was Mechapra on, on a gaiva. And the Ebu, which was gold, was Mechapra on the rice. And the Chosh, which was gold, was Mechapra on the rice. There was Kapara in there. The big thing, which was gold, was going and brought a certain Kapara, but it's too bad. You can't wear gold if it's going to be a mask of the Chet. Even if you lose in the Kapara, then it would bring. And same, therefore, the same thing by the Bnei Eidi. The Karbanus was just mask of the Chet of Bnei Eidi. The Karbanus was just a reminder of what they did wrong with Karbanus. And therefore Hashem says that Korbanos never be Mechapon Bezayi. Exactly the opposite. Korbanos will just remind Hashem of, them, of, them, of what they did wrong. And therefore Hashem isn't saying there aren't other things which can bring Kapara to Bnei but the Shvur was Korbanos never will. And like we saw, Bnei were were taken, were kicked off being, being Kainim. They had to say, like we saw in the previous Nevoah to they had to beg for food from the Kainim because they weren't entitled to uh, participate in Nevoah and get like every other Kainim was meant to get. Yeah. <coughs> what would have been So the Gemara brings two opinions. The Gemara says Rabbi and his nephew Abaya were both from base 80. About Kohen if you know. The Gemara says both from base 80. We know part of the curse of Bnei 80 was Odayang. We saw the previous Nevoa, and therefore both Rabbi and Abaya were worried about Dayang. And uh, Rabbi said, you know, it possible that. Uh, you can't, uh, Eddie's family's sin won't be miscapped through Karbanas, but it can be miscapped through Tyra. And therefore, Rabbi devoted himself to the entire, and it helped him. Instead of dying at 20, 
which was uh, the age of the age we meant to die, he gave him double his life. He died at forty. He died at forty, and the Gemara says Abaye is also from the eighty. Says that if you scrap your oven by eighty with carbonus, they won't get kapara, but they'll get kapara through Torah, both through Gemara's chasadim. And therefore, Abaye was Isaac in Torah and Gemara's chasadim. He lived to sixty, which means he got an extra twenty years for each. He got twenty years for Torah and another twenty years for Gemara's chasadim. And obviously, we need to understand what's the what's the what is the in that? What does it mean that? Uh, t- that you know, you, you, that Torah can be mechaper and a certain amount, Gemara's chasadim can also be a certain amount. We find another Gemara also. The Gemara says that one of the Marayim, who was davening behind Rabbi Chiyav Rabbi Chiyav was one of the Marayim of Eretz Yisrael, one of the leading Talmud of Rabbi Yechanan. And this other Marayim who it was was his Talmud. Talmud was davening behind him, and he was Marich B'Tfilase. We just learned he's not meant to daven long shmoneser behind you already because he's going to have to wait to go back until he finished. But this person daven long shmoneser and Rukhiyah Rabbi to wait for him. And eventually when he finished, Rukhiyah Rabbi says, why are you mitzahar me so much? Why are you mitzahar so much in your tefillah? Um, I have to wait for you. So I don't know what he said, I'm from place 80. I'm davening after that. So Rukhiyah Rabbi said that I'll daven for you. And he died for him, and the Gemara says he was married to him. Doesn't say how much. But then we see a third answer, which was Tfil also. That's uh, maybe Tfil or somebody else. I don't know, but Tfil was also as an answer for uh, a way to get around the cloud of Nehri. Okay, so this is, we have to explain one of these three things. Why would Tfil help? Why would Torah help? Why would Masadim help? Uh, what was the difference in Rabbi and Abaya? The Rabbi thought that Torah and Abaya helped Torah and Gemara's Masadim. Or what was the disagreement between them? Let us see that tomorrow. I just want to finish with uh, one, one last ayah, and that is, what, the, what was the point of Shmuel's Nebuch? What's it coming to add what we already knew? In other words, the Eli had already been given a prophecy that all things were going to happen to him, and also happen to his children. And uh, what's, what's this new Nebuch adding? So it's adding two points. The first point is about this terrible incident which is going to happen to Kali Yisrael, which is going to make everybody's ears ring, everyone's going to be shocked about, without telling Shmuel what it was what it's going to be, number one, and number two, it adds a shvur, that uh, not just is uh, Eli going to get punished, but now there's a shvur, and that is just a guarantee, it's a promise that he's going to get punished, there's no, that, that there's no way out of it. And uh, this we have to talk about also tomorrow, what was the, what was the point of this nubah, what's it coming to add to what already we already, or Eli already has before.